Hello and welcome to The Aside, a podcast for drama teachers and students. I'm Nick Waxman and today we are going to be speaking about an activity I do with grade 5, 6, 7 and 8 students called The Brief Story of Western Theatre. Let's get to it! The Story of Theatre What I do is I get my students in a huge circle surrounding a really large piece of butcher's paper, three or four metres long, so each student has their own little bit of the paper. I give them loads of textures, any colours they want, and then we jump into the activity. I use a PowerPoint to show each different section, each part of the history of Western theatre. If you would like this PowerPoint, just email us at asidepodcast at outlook.com. So the students, they sit around this piece of paper and I say, okay, you have this piece of paper and this piece of paper only. You can go as big as you want, as early as you want, but you're only going to have this much space. And we are going to be talking about 2,600 years of theatre, so don't go too big too early. On the back or the front of the piece of paper, I ask the students to write these two questions. Why do we create theatre and how will we achieve this? Once they write those two questions, I get them to brainstorm some ideas. Why do we create theatre? Why would theatre exist? Why do we teach it in schools? Why does theatre exist at all? The students then get to task and write down all the reasons they can think of. This could be to make money, for example, to entertain, to tell a story, to send a message, to unite people. There's lots of different reasons why we create theatre. And then comes the second question. How will we achieve this? So if we want to entertain people, how are we going to do that? If we want to make money, how are we going to do that? How exactly are you going to achieve your aims? We then start our presentation. And I ask them to draw a small tribe, a small group of three or four people. I tell them their tribe believes that honouring the gods will bring them good luck. Now they draw a shaman or a religious leader recreating an exciting story. I ask them to include a headdress or a staff. And stick figures are fine. This is not a drawing competition. I explained that this is ritual. This is 8500 BC to 2500 BC. Primitive tribal dances and religious rituals. Egyptian rituals. Shamanism. There is the Abidus Passion Play that depicts the slaying of Osiris and his followers by the brother Seth. The enactment of which apparently results in many real deaths. This is one of the first examples of theatre in Egypt. Real people on death row being murdered for real on stage. Glad things have changed. Okay, now the numbers of people have grown. Your performances are now shown to larger audiences. How will you share your message with so many? Add some more performers to your group as the tribes come together to celebrate the gods. Now draw a hillside for your audience to come and enjoy a performance on. You've gone from a few performers to a whole chorus. Add even more performers. This is ancient Greek theatre, 600 BC onwards. Chorus-based performances become dramatic play competitions. We have the Festival of Dionysus. Up to 14,000 audience members would come and watch. There's masks and chorus, narration, story. The first actors... And add a Thespis, the first actor to break from the chorus and play a character. Give him a mask in each hand to help him change character. Because of Thespis, actors are now called thespians. 
Other playwrights start adding more characters to their stories. Add another actor with masks. Now draw an actor with horns and a naughty look on his face. This is a satyr or satyr. Your hillside becomes a permanent stone structure. Draw stone seats for your audience. Now Roman theatre begins 240 BC. They borrowed from ancient Greek theatre and introduced stock characters. Archetypes audiences would recognise. The tricky slave, the brave hero, the foolish lover and the old man. Acrobats and street performers were also common during Roman times. Now, the Church of Christ was against theatre, believing it supported pagan religions. Christian leaders believed the theatre was immoral, as plays often mocked the Christian religion. Theatre also contained sexual content and evil characters that were not accepted in the eyes of the church. So, theatre is banned, and theatre becomes mobile. Put some actors on a cart. This is medieval theatre. The 5th to 15th century AD, we have morality plays, miracle plays, saints plays, mystery plays, liturgical drama, all performed by priests and religious leaders. Add a big cross to your cart. This is long-form theatre telling biblical stories. Eventually, this evolved to telling stories that did not necessarily include religious tales, but was intended to entertain the audience. The church creates the very thing it banned centuries earlier. And now we have Commedia dell'arte in 16th century. Travelling groups of performers present improvised theatre based on stock characters. They wore masks and used both male and female actors. Draw a female actor on your cart. Hooray! Women are now involved as actors in the theatre. Give one of your actors a mask with an exaggerated long nose. And now temporary stages are beginning to be built for townsfolk to come and watch the plays. Draw a small, temporary stage. Now lots of people are coming to see your shows and walking away! Well, add a wall or a fence around your theatre with a door, so people pay when they enter and can't watch for free. Give your theatre a name and add even more audience members. Theatre is becoming so popular, you need to add another theatre right next door with walls and doors. Give it a name, add more audience, and now give the actors detailed costumes. Spanish chorales, which inspired the design of the globe, continue to show liturgical drama, and their performances are elaborate with lavish set and costume. Unfortunately, the Black Death strikes. Kill off one-third of your audience and your actors. Due to the debauchery of your theatre and the kinds of people who are attracted to your venues, you are required to leave the city. No more crowds spreading the disease now. So move your theatre to a new location outside the city walls. And here we have Elizabethan theatre. The Globe, the Rose, the theatre. The King's Men, the Chamberlain's Men, Shakespeare, Marlowe. Draw a three-level theatre with penny stinkers at the bottom and the rich elite in the highest levels. Plays are performed during the day. There are no roofs yet. It's 1642. Plays are banned in England by the Puritans. The golden age of theatre in Europe begins, but English theatre suffers. The Théâtre du Marais opens in France. Closed theatre, lit with lamps. Lighting designers use oil lamps and coloured water in jars to change the lighting. At a roof theatre with lighting and a set. This is neoclassical theatre. 17th century. Sets in neoclassical theatre were dramatic, elaborate and rich. They were designed to provide lush backdrops to each scene and help the audience lose themselves in the drama. This is Moliere, Rossini. More realistic acting was beginning to develop for tragedies. 
Western theatre. And now we move to the melodrama versus realism part of our Western theatre story. 1850 to 1920. Melodrama in America is flourishing. Villains being punished and heroes winning the day. And realism, beginning in France, is adopted seriously in Russia. So draw a box set with three walls and an invisible fourth wall. Draw an audience sitting and watching a play. Write in bold, You are watching a play! Brecht. This is real life! Stanislavski. Now this is the Stanislavski versus Brecht debate from 1920. Both wanted audiences to be driven to action while watching the play. One was psychologically driven, the other socially driven. Now turn your page over. Why do we create theatre? How will we achieve this? These two men went about it in very different ways. Now draw a dreamlike stage. Draw a dream, perhaps a nightmare, perhaps one filled with joyous ecstasy. Your audience now has to think, what is going on here? This is surrealism, expressionism, absurdist theatre and poor theatre. 1920s onwards, Artaud, Beckett, Ionesco, Grotowski. Thoughts become the central idea. Language gets in the way and audiences find meaning in what they see and don't see, what they hear and what they don't hear. This can be an attack on the senses or a total withdrawal of stimuli. Focus on the actor's performances. Stagecraft becomes vital or unnecessary. Then we head into verbatim theatre or documentary theatre, a return to naturalism with meaning. Real-life events are created on stage using the real words spoken by real people. Both musicals and plays attempt this phenomenon. Draw a scene from your life on an open stage. See your world from its origins to its latest incarnations. Theatre is now a mix of all these styles, and who knows what is coming next. Stand up, have a look at all the other people and what they've drawn, their story of theatre. Come back to your spot. Now, what do you notice about the timeline of theatre? What has influenced theatre's development? What stops theatre from flourishing? What drives theatre making? What are constants throughout the timeline? That was the brief story of Western theatre. That is all we have time for on the aside. We hope you enjoyed that activity, but there are a load of episodes in the bank, so you're sure to find one that piques your interest. Please do not hesitate to email us at asidepodcast at outlook.com if you'd like a copy of that PowerPoint, or you can send us a question or give us some feedback. We are very much open to it. Thank you very much to Eltham College for letting us record here, Aaron Searle for providing the music, Drama Victoria for their ongoing sponsorship, and of course, thank you for listening.